everybody, it's Allie, and welcome to our YNR chat for Sunday, April 2nd, 2017. I thought that one of the most charming moments of the week this week was when Kevin and Chloe asked uh, Esther and Gloria out for coffee to announce their engagement, and Chloe reaches across the table to flash her new engagement ring, and Esther lights up with excitement while Gloria (laughs) gives this deep sigh. That was truly an LOL moment. (laughs) I was so glad they showed it twice. They showed it once in the preview and then once in the full episode. And I just laughed both times. It was so funny to see the two very different reactions. And you know what? Gloria does not have a whole lot of room to talk. Nobody's excited about her being in town. Nobody would want their person in their life to be married to Gloria, but you gotta say, she is right. Gloria has been on to Chloe since the moment Gloria came back into town. She's known that something is not right there, and Gloria has a right to be concerned about her son, because the big casualty in all of this, well, I assume, except, you know, Adam aside, is Kevin and his feelings. When all of this truth comes out, which it seems like it's gonna happen sooner rather than later, Kevin is going to to be really crushed. Chloe is the woman that I think he's probably loved more than any other woman, and she's also, at the same time, the woman who has hurt him more than any other woman ever has. So I think he is going to be a major victim in this. And although Chloe gave Gloria a very compelling speech, I think it fell on deaf ears. I mean, I really did like the way Chloe approached. Gloria and said, look, I know you don't like me. I wish you did, but I know you don't. I understand why you do. I have had problems, we'll call it. Uh, I got the help, though, that I needed. And when it comes to Kevin, I could have dragged him down into the dirt with me, but I decided instead to let him go to save him. And you may not believe me now, but I promise I will never hurt him again. I really think Chloe believes that, and I think that's exactly why she started making plans to trash any evidence that links her to the cabin explosion. She's saying, I'm never going to hurt Kevin again, uh, so I better get rid of this stuff that would hurt him that I did in the past, because I do think that Chloe is trying to turn a new leaf, but as she told Sharon, her past mistakes are all flooding back right now and threatening to destroy everything that she's really tried to rebuild in her life. She has um, the tranquilizer gun (laughs) and a random wrench. Uh, I'm assuming the The wrench was what she used to somehow rig the propane tank to explode. But these, I don't know why the wrench, you can put that back in your toolbox. The wrench itself is not incriminating at all. The tranquilizer gun, you might want to get rid of. But the wrench, I mean, what's even the big deal? It's just more things that, that, that link you and that are an obvious link to the cabin explosion. But she has those, all of this time, she's had, 
had those items stashed under her and Kevin's bed in a box infamously marked party shoes. <laughs> I find that so ridiculous because Chloe Mitchell probably has a closet filled with 200 pairs of party shoes. <laughs> I don't know what would make these party shoes any different. Seeing that box under the bed would uh, marked as party shoes alone would make me want to look into it further and be suspicious about it. But the reason why she's trying to destroy all of this evidence and rush the wedding along, I mean, it was it was going to be a big event, and now she wants it to happen tomorrow. Kevin has agreed it's happening tomorrow. The reason she's doing all of this now is because the walls are closing in and she feels the heat. Nick and Chelsea confronted her about the GPS tracking device, and Chloe's response was ridiculous. She said... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did plant that GPS tracking device in Connor's stuffed dino toy. But see, the thing is, I did it because I wanted to protect you, Chelsea. See, it's all about you, Chelsea. I wanted to be able to know where you were. Uh, so that I could warn you if the cops came on to you. Rather than, I mean, if that were even truly her intention, why wouldn't you just talk to Chelsea about it and say, hey, Chelsea, I'm going to be your gal on the inside. You will call me from a burner phone and let me know if you know, where you guys are, and I'll make sure that the cops aren't on your trail. No, Chloe is saying that she had a sneaky way of, of going about it in the first place, and Chelsea bought it hook, line, and sinker. How is this woman a former con artist, and yet she cannot see what's going on right in front of her face? It's a, a, a really good thing that she has Nick on her side. Nick, I will say it seems kind of out of nowhere, is very suspicious of Chloe, and he is questioning the cabin explosion from the get-go. He is saying, you know what, I always had a weird feeling about it, and the story that Chloe's telling and the, the larger story of Adam's death isn't adding up for me. I don't know why he is suspicious now of all times. I'm not exactly sure. We, I guess it was just cl what Chloe said is about her life and six months ago, but I don't know why he connected all of a sudden that he connected it to Adam's death, but whatever, I'm going with it. Um, he is really doing a good job of getting the information that we need to bust Chloe out here. He's asking questions of Chloe. He's asking questions of Chelsea. And even though Chelsea doesn't want to believe any of this and is buying uh, Chloe's story, Chelsea does admit that there could have been ways that Chloe would have been able to be near the cabin. If she had the tracking device, if she knew where Chelsea and Connor were going to be, there was that passageway, the same way that Chelsea got out of the condo on that night. Chloe could have very easily gone through that passageway too, and she tells this to Nick, and Nick decides well, let's see if we can trace Chloe's cell phone records. Surely that will tell us exactly where she was on the night of Adam's death. Well, lo and behold, Chloe's cell phone pings <laughs> next to a cell phone tower on a cell phone tower that is next to the cabin. What more do you need to know? Right then and there, that seems like proof to me. It seems obvious to me. But Chelsea does not want 
to believe this truth. It's a horrible truth. On top of still going through the process of accepting her husband's death, she's now being asked to consider the fact that her best friend could have done it. It shouldn't be such a huge leap for her, though. Chloe tried to kill Adam on a number of other occasions, and Chelsea full well knew about it. But Chelsea doesn't want to think that everything Chloe has said to her about turning the new leaf and not having, uh, not needing revenge on Adam, she doesn't want to believe that any of that is is true. I think that Chelsea does in a way, know that it's wrong. I think Chelsea, in a way, suspects that Chloe is behind it, but she just can't allow herself to really conceive of it, to really let it sink in and to really let it be true. Um, Chelsea does confront Chloe and, you know, says to her, why would your, your, your cell phone ping on a tower next to the cabin? Let me, let me just ask you about this, which was a good thing to do. But then Chelsea allowed Chloe to wriggle her way out of it very easily. As far as I'm concerned, I didn't hear Chloe even come up with a really good excuse as to why her cell phone would have pinged there. She essentially said, no, no, no. I I was nowhere near the cabin. I was at the penthouse. Just ask Kevin. Just ask Daniel. I swear I was there. I don't know why you're taking Nick's word over mine. It's not about Nick. It's about the obvious evidence. And Nick is not letting this go. I have to say, I was very impressed with Nick this week. He is becoming relentless at getting the truth. He understands that Chelsea has an emotional connection to Chloe. She's emotionally invested in this whole thing. But Nick just wants the truth. He's just out for the truth. And he has been tenacious about getting it. I find that very appealing. I think that Nick's tenaciousness has just made his character so much more interesting this week. I've really liked the way the actor has portrayed it. I think that the character is getting some really good dimension in here. I'm just very into Nick right now. I loved the moment where we realized Nick is putting a tracking device on Chloe's car. He is really digging in here. He really wants to know the truth, and he's going to get it. Nicholas Newman is not being Mr. Passive, just Mr. Interested in Romance. No, he is actually being aggressive with trying to find out the truth, and I love it. He ends up following Chloe to a dumpster where she tosses the gun and the wrench, which she has placed inside of a fashionable black bag. I don't know why she would want to throw that cute little black bag away. That's gonna, that alone is also gonna make somebody want to pick that up. Somebody's gonna get in there and go, ooh, cute bag. <laughs> and they're gonna grab it and find the stun gun and the wrench inside, and that's weird. But she does. She ditches it, and within 30 seconds, Nick was right behind her after she left grabbing that bag out of the dumpster. He goes back to the underground. He unpacks it. I mean, he's got gloves on and everything. He unpacks the evidence. He looks at it, and ding, 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 yet again, this is just another piece of evidence that Chloe is 
up to something shady and that that she could have done this. That I mean, Nick can't put together the pieces of exactly what Chloe has done, but the heat is on and he realizes that she's trying to trash the evidence that's connect that is connecting her to Adam's death. Um, I was so, so proud of him. He doesn't know what to do at this point with the evidence, though, because he feels like if he goes to the police, he could be opening up a whole can of worms when it comes to his father. Um, if he goes to Chelsea, she, you know, she's not necessarily receptive. He hasn't told Chelsea about this part of it. Um, Chloe is obviously not going to confess the truth. So Nick goes to Sharon, of all people, to talk uh, to, you know, I th- I, he was wanting to see if Sharon had a way to get a hold of Dylan because Dylan was the one who worked on this case initially and although obviously Dylan is gone and Sharon can't provide that information she did a really good job of talking to Nick and talking him through it. Sharon is a little edgy these days. I thought she jumped on him a little bit too quickly for like he was saying something about Chloe and she immediately took it personally as in oh yeah us crazy people crazy people like me and chloe you just suspect us don't you i she was she's just very on edge she's very sensitive i think to people's perception of her because she's had a mental illness and because she identifies with chloe in that way that's the element that connects her to chloe that they both have had these problems and that they are both recovering but sharon remembers how chloe was saying that she is afraid her past is going to come back to haunt her. Sharon, more than anybody, should be able to know that that's a huge red flag. And she does tell Nick about it. She was very helpful in pushing, giving Nick the push that he needed to go to Paul, to go to the police and just ask for help. That was the very end of Friday's show, I'm sure that Paul is not going to jump at the opportunity to reopen the case, but maybe Nick will get in there and work the Kevin angle. Another reason that Nick didn't want to go to the police was because Kevin works at the for the police at the, at the station, so he didn't really want to tip Kevin off and have him go and tip Chloe off, but maybe Nick will say to Paul, I also am worried about Kevin in all of this. He's planning on marrying this woman. Here's what I found. Just will you please help me? Will you please reopen the case? And even though Paul is hesitant, I'm I'm imagining that he is going to do it because it feels like everything is moving really fast on this story. We're in a race to see if Chloe can marry Kevin before Nick can successfully prove that Chloe is guilty. It's happening quick. (laughs) And I just can't help but wonder how it all might have turned out differently if Chloe would have just had the good sense to dispose of her evidence in the brash and sassy garbage can in the lab, uh, right next to Juliet's camisole. (laughs) No one ever would have found the evidence there. I am so mad at Kane right now. I could kill Kane right now. What was he thinking? I, I, I'm so confused and stunned by this entire situation. So Juliet comes to Genoa City 
to interview for this job at Brash and Sassy. She doesn't get the job. Victoria decides to go with another candidate, but she allows Kane to break the news to Juliet. So he goes to her and tries to tell her, sorry, you didn't get the job, but there's going to be other opportunities for you. I'll keep an eye out, see if there's anything else I can do. Trying to help her out. And Juliet says, you know what? It's fine. Don't worry about it. And I'll still keep our secret anyway. It's fine. Kane says, what what secret? I'm I'm honestly not sure what you're talking about. Oh, you know, the secret about how we had sex in Tokyo. Come on, Kane. You mean you don't remember having sex with me in Tokyo? What more evidence do you need? There was a camisole in your suitcase. There was an earring in your bed. How can you not remember this? I'm shocked and I have to be honest, I'm totally suspicious that this even happened in the first place. Did they really have sex? We saw a flashback, I guess, of Kane and Juliet in the bed. Well, we saw the flash, I guess, I'm assuming it's a flashback, unless it was a fantasy sequence where Kane's all drunk, Juliet's all drunk, they're kissing, 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 and then we see them in bed, naked, together. I don't even know if that was a flashback, or was it, like, maybe us seeing Kane's mind filling in the blanks on what Juliet had told him. I'm so confused. Kane is a lot of things, but I don't see him as the kind of guy who would in any scenario have an affair or just sleep with somebody out of nowhere. That doesn't feel like Kane's character to me. I, I I just can't imagine on any plane of existence where, unless he thought it was Lily, he would go through with something like that just because he was drunk and excited about making a deal. None of it seemed like Kane. The sake shots didn't seem like Kane. Although, I don't know, maybe I'm making excuses because I don't want to believe that he did it. I think we have to do a poll on this because I want to know if you guys are thinking that Kane just did it. Did he just do it and we need to accept it? Or is there maybe something shady going on here? So yrchat.com I want you guys to tell me if you think that Kane really slept with Juliet and I'm going to do a three part question on this one for you so do you think that yes Kane just slept with her you know get over it this is what we're dealing with or do you think that he straight up did not sleep with her and she just staged it to make it look like he did or do you maybe think that he did sleep with her, but he was under the influence of a roofie. Did she drug him or something like that? I want to get some kind of test on on how you guys are feeling about this. And I want to know if I'm the only one that's questioning it. It seems like I've seen from the comments that I've seen so far, I've heard several people say that, that they're not they're suspicious of Juliet and that the story doesn't feel like it's exactly right. So why our chat.com? I need to know if my perception of this is matching your perception of this. I just, I suppose I trust Kane 
more than I trust Juliet. And I'm not saying that Cain is an angel or that it's impossible that he was so blackout drunk that he did something crazy and stupid. It's just that I don't know Juliet. I don't trust her and I don't particularly like her. I don't like her attitude. I don't like the matter of fact way that she told Cain that they had sex and then tried to blow it off as if it was no big deal saying to him, oh, you know, it's just sex, Kane. It happens. Well, uh, no, it's him being unfaithful to his wife. And that is a big deal. You should respect that. It just, I don't, I don't like her. <laughs> I don't like her. And furthermore, I think that she could be an opportunist. The, the only thing that I know about Juliet at this point is that she wants to climb the corporate ladder. She wants a powerful job. She wanted to be the head of this distribution or whatever it was. And I, she wants to be a power player. And I think that she is probably the kind of person who would say or do anything to get it. That's just my first impressions on her. I don't even know what I'm basing it on. I'm probably basing it on my like of Kane. I, maybe I'm in denial. It is entirely possible that I'm in denial because I will say that Juliet didn't ask Kane for anything and she seemed just rather matter of fact about the whole thing she you know she she didn't try to counter when uh, Kane told her that she didn't get the job she didn't say uh, you know why don't you try to get me something else I really saved your butt here you know it was nothing like that she was just like it's fine I'm gonna go back to Tokyo and everything is gonna go back to the way it was so she she wasn't angling for anything Thing. Maybe, so maybe it's just my perception. Um, I don't know. She probably had her flight completely booked and was ready to go back to uh, to Japan as soon as uh, Victoria, like as Victoria was having the idea of offering her a lesser position at Brash and Sassy. Oh, Kane was her biggest supporter. <laughs> before all of this mess came out. He was ready to go to bat for her and get her this job in Tokyo. And then after all of this mess came out, I think he was much preferred, he would have much preferred to put a, to quietly put a few continents <laughs> in between them. <laughs> he was not happy about the idea that Victoria was offering her a job, but now he can't backpedal. It looks suspicious if he tells Victoria that he doesn't want her to take this job. So I'm sure that Victoria is going to offer her this job and Juliet is going to come and work permanently in Genoa City in a tiny little lab office with Kane. It's going to get awkward. It's going to equal bad news for Lily and Kane, folks. Lily comes in and out of that office all the time. She's going to see Kane and Juliet having little conversations. There was a tease on um, the Monday preview that um, Juliet is saying something to Lily like, it's fine, Kane, you know, it was no big deal what happened between me and Kane. Uh, and I'm sure that that's just a teaser. That's not going to be the truth coming out. It's probably going to be Lily saying, sorry, Kane was, sorry you didn't get the job and Kane was so curt with you. Um, so I'm sure that's not going to result in anything. This is going to be a long, probably drawn out scenario of Kane trying to keep this a secret from Lily. And I'm really 
really afraid that she's going to end up seeing something or overhearing something. And rather than talking through, through it with Kane, as he should have done with her, I just, I feel like Lily is going to find out about this and fall right into Jordan's arms. Our little Mariah is dating a billionaire. Uh, yeah, I could see how that might be a little intimidating for her. And watching her trip over herself this week has been hilarious. <laughs> but here's the thing. I keep trying to ask myself all week. I've really, really thought about why I feel weird. And I do feel weird about Devon and Mariah. They went on their date this week and they're in heavy flirting. Um, it's obvious that Devon <laughs> definitely wants to take it to a physical level. And I think that Every time I hear it, I, I feel a little cringy. And I, I think that maybe the reason is because Mariah hasn't really been very sexual since she's come on the show. I think that maybe it's a combination of needing to divorce the character of Cassie and seeing Cameron Grimes as that little gap-toothed, redheaded, adorable Annie girl, and now transitioning into this other type of Mariah character who is not sweet. She's much more sour. And I could, you know, that transition's easy for me. But now seeing her as a, a woman, I think maybe is where the disconnect is in my mind. I don't think Mariah's really ever had a sex scene. Can you think of anything other than the awkward thing that went on with Kevin, where we were really seeing and presented with Mariah as a woman. Um, I can't. And so I think that maybe that's why it feels jarring to me to hear Devon saying, I want to ravish you. Because <laughs> I can't see anyone ravishing Mariah. It's just weird to me. So I think that Y&R has some work to do on this character. It's by no means the actress's fault, but I, I think that Weiner needs to dig into the character of Mariah and show us some other sides of her. We have seen her as this quirky, funky, sour kind of character, and all of that works beautifully, but I want to see her bloom a little bit. I want to know who she is as a partner, what she's really looking for in her partner. Partner. I want to know what she likes and dis dislikes in a man, and I think that that will help me get on board possibly with Devon and Mariah, because I, I do think that there there is a charm factor there, but I'm not there yet. Hillary and Jordan, on the other hand. <laughs> oh, my lord. Ooh, it's hot in here. <laughs> um, Hillary hires Jordan to come do a, a photo shoot, a serious photo shoot for her serious newswoman-ness. <laughs> She's the new owner of GC Buzz. She wants to get some promo photos out there. So she gets herself all dolled up and glamorous. She is like, 
one of the most beautiful and charismatic women on the show, I think. I just, every week, I'm stunned by her beauty. I loved the photo shoot. She looked incredible. And Jordan does get cuter to me every week. I like his personality. I like the dynamic that's going on between those two. Uh, I'm sure that Jordan is going to be a really good possible father to Hillary's baby. (laughs) Of course, of course, we're headed to a who's the baby daddy scenario here. The photo shoot turns into a hot sex sesh. Which I had no problem with whatsoever. Um, it, yeah, it was pretty heated, I would say. Uh, she, he, he's taking these photos of her. He re- sees her beauty. And I think she wants to be seen as a symbol of beauty. She's coming off of a nasty divorce. And she wants somebody to continue to look at her the way that Devon used to look at her. She wants to be seen as a sexual object, which is such a clash from the type of character that Mariah is. I mean, Hillary welcomes that attention. She relishes in the attention. And Jordan definitely gave it to her. He gave it to her in more ways than one. <laughs> Woo-hoo-hoo. But, you guys, after they did the deed, and she's laying there all naked, and he picked up the camera and suggested that she do a naked photo shoot Red flag, red flag, red flag. No, something felt weird about that. Last week, I asked you guys if you were getting deep, dark, secret vibe out of Jordan, and 65% of you said, yes, I think Jordan is hiding something. And then this week, we have him picking up that camera and suggesting nude photos. Something about that doesn't feel right to me. And look, I'm not trying to be prude here. I think that nude photos are a horrible idea. It was an it was an ill-conceived notion. I think that it's going to be regretful in the end. Uh, and But Hillary has every right to do what she wants to do with her own body. I mean, she's beautiful. There's nothing wrong. You know, it's consensual. She agreed to it. She It made her feel good. But there was something in the way that Jordan suggested it so casually, as if he'd done it before. As if this was totally normal for him. It just, it was, it was red flags for me. And I, I think that the majority of you guys are right that there's just something going on more with Jordan, whether it's deep, dark, and and, and horribly seedy, or just that we're seeing a peeling away of the outer layers of his character and digging into maybe some of his uh, more not-so-public aspects. Uh, I, I find it as interesting. She, she got the memory card from him, but you know somebody's gonna find that card. I don't know if it's going to be Mariah or somebody else. Somebody's going to grab it. Somebody's going to publish them. She's going to be humiliated as soon as it all comes out. Or (laughs) I submit to you this. What if Hillary leaks her nude photos all on her own? Maybe she's going to put those nude photos out there and pretend like somebody did it. And here's why. Earlier in the week, Hillary started off 
the week by having a conversation with her team and talking about how she wants to take GC Buzz beyond just Genoa City. She wants to take it to the next level, have national news. She sees stars when it comes to GC Buzz. What could be bigger (laughs) as far as skyrocketing this show to incredible national fame and skyrocketing her to national fame than a naked photo scandal. Did everybody have a great time like I did jamming with Reed and Tessa and Nikki? Add Victor in there as a front man <laughs> and we've got a band. <laughs> We've got the most awesome band in the history of bands. I want to see this this foursome go on and and perform at concerts. <laughs> I want them to release an album. I would buy it. <laughs> For some reason, I keep picturing Victor as singing heavy metal or something. <laughs> It was really fun. That was a fun little music session. Wayner is doing such a good job with this. I think I think it's really cute. A quartet, I guess that would be called if there was four of them. Um, it's exciting to me. It's exciting to read. Uh, he he is just happy to have people to play music with, to be able to have the opportunity to follow his dream, but. Tessa has proven herself to be a little shady. She's being very encouraging to him to his face, and then she's turning around and 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 disparaging him a little bit, you know, kind of treating him as if he's just a rich kid that may or may not have any talent. And it makes me so sad because I can feel the heartbreak right around the corner for Reed. There's no way he's going to get out of this without learning that maybe Tessa, you know, doesn't think he's that good, or I don't know. I just... I look into Reed's sweet, hopeful little face, and then to see that she was disparaging him, it broke my heart, and I I don't want to see him having his heart broken. I think he also is developing a little bit of a crush on her, and we're going to continue to see that, but I don't think he's the, the only one that's going to develop a crush on her. Um, this week, Noah was showing a little bit of interest uh, in this this new Genoa City artist who's performing at his open mic at the Underground. And I kind of am wondering if Tessa's going to end up falling in love with Noah and Reed will be jealous. I just can, I can see heartbreak and jealousy in Reed's future and it makes me so concerned for him. Or it's possible that Tessa could start a relationship with Devon. Devon was at the open mic and he was commenting on how he's thinking about getting back into music producing and that she would be a good artist to sign. Uh, it's 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 possible that some love could develop there. Who knows? I am interested to know where YNR is going with this character. Uh, I want to know more about her background. Noah has already shown 
that he's 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 interested in her he, that he maybe he has a little crush on her too he looks her up on social media and actually kind of stalks her a little bit on social media and finds that she has no personal background info on any of her accounts she doesn't post anything about herself really um so i i don't know there's just something about her that i feel like there's just something more there's something really shady i think um the way that she was scarfing down those sandwiches at Nikki's house makes me wonder if she's a grifter or a gypsy or a carny or a con artist or something like that. People who have skeletons in their closet should not invite highly acclaimed investigative journalists over to their house to dig through their closets. What is Victor thinking? This is a recipe for disaster for him. With everything that's going on with Chloe and the fact that Scott is connected to that, Victor is in the line of fire here, too, on many levels. I mean, Nick is concerned that if he gets Paul to reopen the case about Adam, that it's going to come out that Victor helped Adam escape from prison. But Nick has no idea that Victor was working with Chloe to frame Adam for Constance's murder in the first place. It's probably going to be Scott who ends up figuring that out. Oh, this is such a bad idea. I couldn't, I, I mean, Vic, Victor makes, we'll start here, Victor makes Scott an offer that he cannot refuse. <laughs> Victor has uh, made sure that Ahmed, his friend, uh, his, his the friend that he, he was uh, kidnapped with, is uh, safe. And not only that, but Victor shelled out some cash uh, to make sure that Ahmed and his family are very well taken care of. And in exchange, Victor wants uh, Scott to co-write his book or ghostwrite his book. Um, and Scott says, all right, okay, I'll do you this this favor. I'll write your book, but I have a stipulation. When we write it, I want full access to all of the information in your life. If we're going to tell this story, then I want to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. This is ridiculous for a man like Victor Newman to agree to this. Victor has built his life on lies. The moment where he asked Nikki, let me ask you, do you think that I'm a truthful person? No! No! Of course you're not a truthful person. You lie about everything. It's in your blood. I mean, yes, you can argue that everything you've done is for your family and in the best interest of blah, 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 blah. But Victor, you're a liar. <laughs> this is, It's an absolutely terrible idea to let Scott uh, come in here and dig into your skeletons. I don't know why Victor would bother to do this. What does he even need Scott for? Victor could find any cookie cutter author who would write, you know, who would take Victor's check and write the type of story that Victor wants to be told in a very flattering way. What does Victor Newman need with the truth? <laughs> this is insane to me. 
I mean, of course, it creates great drama. Uh, Victor has agreed to allow Scott to interview all of the major players in his life. And I, I really, I love this concept because it includes his family, it includes his friends, and it includes his enemies. So I think this is a really neat writing idea. Um, I, I, it's, it's a way to tell the story of Victor Newman through the eyes of the people who love him and who hate him. <laughs> I think this is gonna, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be disastrous for Victor, of course. I mean, everybody knows this is a bad idea. Victoria knows this is a bad idea. Nikki knows that this is a bad idea. Did you see her face when she figured out what Victor had asked Scott to do? And <clears throat> she was, you know, kind of trying to, to pussyfoot around with Scott a little bit, but you could tell that she was thinking, please don't do this to my husband. I I know this is a bad idea. He just hasn't figured it out yet because he has no concept of himself. I loved the line uh, when when they were negotiating uh, between Scott and, and Victor where Scott said, you know, I've found in my experience that as someone becomes more powerful, they lose that concept of themselves. They, 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 uh, be, they, they don't really understand that the things that they've done are wrong. Um, and and I, it's, it's so very true. That summarized Victor in a nutshell. I think that he's become so powerful that he doesn't really have a concept of right of him being right or wrong anymore. He just sees things as him being right. And and it's going to be a really rude awakening for him when Scott hands over the first draft. Abby was first up to be interviewed for Victor's memoir. Which, why wouldn't you write your own memoir? Why would you want someone else to write the story of your life? It makes no sense to me, but it's great drama. Uh, I loved... Abby's interview with Scott. I thought that it really spoke to her character and who she is and what her relationship not only is to Victor, but what her who she is inside of the family, how she identifies. Um, I, I love the story that she told about looking up to her father and getting to go to England and meet the Queen of England and knowing that her dad was so powerful and also so charming to make the Queen of England smile. I mean, she, she she thinks he hung the moon, I'm sure, as a child. Uh, but then she kind of flashes to, to, you know, from the past into the current uh, when she says, you know, I was with my dad and we had this magical moment. And then I always knew that he was going to end up going back to his real family. Uh, I, I felt that. And that, and that, that really... It made it made Abby as a character feel more human, and it really explained everything that she does later in the week. Um, she is always feeling on the outside as if she's neither a Newman or an Abbott, and I find that to be a very empathetic situation, uh, a perspective. I, I think Weinar should play on that a little bit more. I thought it was great, um, but I I feel even though I I'm empathetic with Abby this week. 
I think she's setting herself up for failure. She's doing it to herself at this point. She has this big idea. She wants to take in startup companies, give them seed money, and then the ones that succeed, Newman takes a, a profit. Uh, and, and, you know, it's it's um it's a it's a not something new, but it's something new for Newman Enterprises. She's put a lot of work into the idea. She creates a presentation which she wants to give to Victor. She wants to show Victor that she has this great idea that uh, that sh- that what she's offering is original and it's valuable to the company. And Victoria happens to be there at the time where she's ready to give this big presentation. And Victor asks Victoria to sit in on it. And Victoria kind of poo-poo's the idea. She, you know, Victor asks for Victoria's um, uh, uh, how she feels about it for her expert advice on how, what she thinks of Abby's proposal. And Victoria doesn't think it's a good idea. She thinks it's too much risk. And uh, Abby found that to be really disparaging. She feels like Victoria was just trying to undermine her. And Ultimately, that's not how I read the situation. I think that Victoria was just being Victoria. I think Victoria looks at things from a a top-line perspective. I I mean, she's seeing the idea, but she's narrowing it down to what are the risks, what are the rewards, and it either is fruitful for the company or it isn't. And ultimately, Victoria has over a decade of experience at Newman Enterprises. She she is not only an executive, but she is family. She's known that company her entire life. She has an opinion. Victor values it, and rightfully so. I, I, I can't help, and maybe it's just me being a Victoria fan, but in that scene, I thought to myself, you know, Abby did a good job, but she needs to accept that she can't just climb to the top in six months. I'm sure that she feels intimidated by the fact that Victoria has so much experience and that Victor values her experience, but that it doesn't translate into love. That doesn't mean that Victoria uh, is loved more by Victor. Uh, it, It just means that Victoria has the business experience, Abby, that you can't accumulate in six months. Uh, and I, I understand why she was offended, because um, I'm sure that she's she's doing a very good job and giving it her all, but she's making it personal. And I I don't I think that the the key in this business scenario is to not make it personal. I, I the thing I I just I got I I while I like. Abby and I understand where she's coming from. I'm having a hard time swallowing the idea of her becoming a power player and uh, much less the CEO of Newman Enterprises. She just, I don't think she has that killer instinct. I just, I don't think that that's who she is. Um, She has a wonderful conversation with Ashley, though, this week where um, Abby says, you know, know, presents the the situation that she was in with Victor and Victoria. And Ashley did give her some good advice. She said, look, the thing that Victor really values is going after what you want and making it happen. Find a way to make this project happen. You know, I think by it, Ashley meant retool your 
your presentation and and make it better and present it again and 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 see if Victor will bite this time. But that's not how Abby took it. She completely um, misinterpreted, I think, what Ashley was saying to her. Because making it happen does not mean deceiving Victor so that you can move forward without his blessing. She comes to Victor, hands him a stack of papers, acting as if it has something to do with some other acquisition that he's already pre-approved. And what he's really signing is a release of funds for her to move forward with this tech company idea. That was really wrong, and it was really sneaky. Victor signed those papers without reading them because he trusted her, and she's worked in this six-month period just to gain the trust, and she's broken it in one instant over what I think is going to end up being uh, an an ill-fated idea. I think that even if Abby succeeds... It's all going to be tarnished by the fact that she lied to Victor in order to get the money. Not to mention, I feel bad feeling this way, but a part of me is not expecting Abby to succeed. A part of me is expecting this idea to fail. I am an amazing person. It's true. (laughs) Not me, not me, Allie. It was Kevin who said that in last week's uh, series of YNRs. Um, Anybody probably could have said it, but he actually said it twice. There was like two different moments where Kevin was tooting his own horn about how amazing he is. Uh, He uh, was saying it to, he specifically said this quote to Scott, but he kind of followed it up in a more roundabout way saying, it to Chloe. A lot of people guessed Chloe. It sounds like something that would come out of Chloe's mouth, but six of you guessed that it was Kevin. So congratulations to Henry yet again getting it right every week. Uh, Sandra, you get it right pretty much on a regular basis too. Gina, my buddy there in Australia, got it right this week. And then Heather, hey Heather, we also have Diana, who I have a really good comment from this week too, and Tanya, another one of our regulars. Congratulations to all of you guys for getting the quote right. I completely blew the quote I was gonna use for this week um, I because I accidentally said it. I was gonna use sex happens as this week's who said it quote. I'll give you a second to, to see if you can guess who it was. I said it uh, when I was talking about Kane and Juliet. It was Juliet. She just looked at Kane very matter-of-factly matter of and is like, it's fine, Kane. We slept together. Sex happens. And I said it when I was talking about it. Shoot. <laughs> so I blew the original quote I was going to use, but I have a backup. <laughs> we'll see if you can guess this one. Let's see. If you feel like playing with fire... Let's light it up. <laughs> I liked that quote. It was a um, kind of it was a good one. I like the writing in this show right now. If you feel like playing with fire, let's light it up. If you think you know who said that quote, you can go to yrchat.com and leave your guess. Okay, now let's get to your comments. Daisy on Facebook, I really liked your take on Abby this week because it was a little bit different from mine. So let's start here. Daisy says, 
Abby seems overly concerned with what Victoria thinks. Abby's capable and should recognize her own worth and not seek approval from anyone to attain it. Uh, Daisy also says, I think Victoria knew what she was saying, that she wants all of Victor's attention and showed up at the office to get accolades from Victor and and to upset Abby. I hope Abby finds her strength and doesn't allow Victoria or even Victor to get to her. In doing that, not reacting, Abby will be the person Victor needs to take his place. That is an alternate theory from what I had going on. I definitely read the situation probably in more of an analytical way, I guess. Um, do, 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 let's toss that out to the crowd. Do you think that what Victoria is doing to Abby is at all intentional, even if it's subconscious? Do you think that Victoria doesn't like sharing daddy's love and accolades with Abby? I think, you know what, if I'm honest, it probably is a piece of that. I think Victoria has spent any number of years being Victor's number one son, and she probably doesn't like having somebody else step in there and take any of her sunlight. Zooperplex at YRChat.com says, Abby and Scott? I can see it, particularly after Scott blackmails Victor from having to repay the $10 million his mom owes by expurgating the chapters of his biography involving Victor framing Adam. Okay, so two parts to that. Abby and Scott relationship, and then I never would have thought about the fact that Scott might blackmail Victor after he finds out that his autobiography is now not quite as glowing as he thought it was going to be. Yeah, Victor has no real (laughs) self-awareness. And he may just find it to be so salacious that he pays off Scott to not release it. I like that idea. Now, Abby and Scott, I'm sure everybody's talking about this throughout the week because uh, they had the meeting and then uh, Victor was almost suggesting that maybe she might uh, date Scott. And and then she was kind of coming back saying, yeah, he is kind of cute, but I think she was doing it as a way to distract Victor so he wouldn't look at those papers. But I wonder what the fans are thinking about potentially uh, Abby and Scott. I don't know. I got, here's the thing. I think if I'm really being honest with myself, <laughs> I'm not sure I feel all that strongly in favor of Scott right now. He's okay, but after having seen him for two or three weeks, I don't know if he's as great as I was hoping he would be. He seems very flat. I don't know anything about him other than the fact that he's serious. He's a serious investigative journalist. That's all I know about Scott. I don't I don't know anything about what he really likes and who he is inside and therefore it's making him kind of flat to me. So even though it's obvious that Wainer's chem testing him with a couple different people, Sharon for instance, they had a little huggy moment this week. Uh, I just, he's not clicking for me with, with anybody really. And when it comes to Abby, I, um, I have to be careful of what I'm wishing for, but part of me kind of is still wondering what it would be like to see Abby with Devon. They seem like they might be a little bit more of an interesting pair, um, but I don't know. Who knows? I ask for what I want, then I get it, and then I don't want it anymore. <laughs> um, oh, 
Cheyenne at YRChat.com asks me, which one of Hillary's fabulous black dresses was your favorite this week? Oh, I mean, she's just, she is fabulous, and I loved both. Uh, we had first the, the it seemed like a very formal gown with that gorgeous asymmetrical cut um, neckline, and then she had the polka dot blazer over it. That was really pretty. Um, and then she switched into her photo shoot outfit, um, which, uh, let's see, Cheyenne called it a black form-fitting and with a, those see-through sheer panels. Yes, I mean, and I love when her hair is curly. I like curly hair Hillary. She was absolutely stunning in both of them, of course. Um, and I think, um, I, I don't know, I wonder, I'm sure I know which one Jordan liked best. I think his favorite look of Hillary's this week was naked. <laughs> Oh, Sharita left me a voicemail and she says, what is up with Hillary taking these naked pictures? You never know whose hands those are going to fall in. There's a cloud and the pics are probably already stored there. That just makes me think that Jordan is even creepier than I thought. Thought. Sharita also theorizes here, maybe Jordan was a porn photographer or some other crazy scandalous thing like that. I kind of think you're right, Sharita. I think that's what it is. And I wonder if maybe these photos coming out with Hillary is going to somehow lead to what Jordan was alluding to last week. The things he had to do to pay the rent in New York City. I think as soon as these naked photos of Hillary come out, which we all know that they will, it's going to lead back to Jordan and a possible naked photo taken career that he had in the past. <laughs> I mean, which, if you, if you in the scheme of things, is not the worst thing I imagine he could have done uh, but I just uh, yeah there was something about him that was too easy to suggest that uh, Lot Fally at YRChat.com says, I'm curious to see where the writers take Neil and Devon's plan to start a business empire. Is it the start of a long-running storyline that will rival the Abbott and the Newman dynasties? Or is it just something they cooked up to give the characters a little something to do till the next thing comes along? You're right, Lot Fally. This, um, it's an interesting idea that either has the potential of going into long term, yes, we have another company to rival, or just something that falls by the wayside. I hope YNR builds this up. I, for one, think that it could be interesting to see Neil and Devon having their own project and being friendly with the other people who run the other companies, the, the Abbots and the Newman, but not being afraid to dig in there and rival with them as well. I think it's possible that... Um, you know, when Lily finds out what's going on with Brash and Sassy, or, or sorry, with, you know, what's going on with Kane and Juliet at Brash and Sassy, maybe she's going to want to get out of that game and go work somewhere else. Jordan was suggesting that to her uh, this week, and she didn't really pick up on the idea, but I think it intrigued her, realizing that she might have a modeling career that's beyond what she's doing at Brash and Sassy right now, so she could be a perfect fit in for the Abbott, uh, or sorry, for the, win what did they call it, Winter's enterprises I don't remember what it was uh, but I you know she could be in there too um by the way what did you think of Lily's 
cutout uh, looking dress shirt. We had a lot of cutouts this week. Uh, Lauren had her cutout turtleneck and Lily had her cutout shoulders on that dress shirt. That's going to be our uh, ribbon or raspberries for this week. So if you if you want to weigh in on uh, cutouts <laughs> in, in our YNR fashion for the week, go to YRChat.com. You can give, give Lily and uh, Lauren's cutout outfits uh, a, a ribbon or your raspberries. Um, Justin left me a voicemail reminding me that it has been, I can't believe this, 10 years since Drusilla fell off that cliff and never returned to YNR. <laughs> and I don't think she ever will, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, I mean, 10 years, really? I, I don't think I ever, nobody ever believed that she was really dead, but I guess, I suppose we, we need to. They don't, you know, YNR doesn't really even mention Drusilla that much anymore. It would be a good tie-in with Lily and her modeling career, especially if she's considering taking it more global. Uh, her mother was an internationally famous model, so it would be nice even if Lily mentioned that every once in a while. My mother was a model. You know, I, I want to follow in her footsteps, but they, they don't really go there. Um, let's see. T. Nicole at YRChat.com says, Isn't it just sneaky of Juliet to pull the we slept together on Kane after she learned that she didn't get the job? Even if they actually did sleep together, I believe that there was no mutual consent and that Juliet had a trick up her sleeve. Something feels not right, and I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> but I want to get some more theories this week on what really went down with Kane and Juliet. So go vote in that poll and leave me your comments. I'm just, I'm, I'm happy to know that um, there's other people that are Team Kane here. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, oh, 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 Leslie at YRChat.com. Um, oh, this is good. Leslie says, I wonder if Juliet, wait for it, is working for Jack. The timing of Jack's trip last week seemed a little pointed and purposeful, not just a random couple days off for the actor. Imagine if Jack inadvertently caused Lily trouble when it was only meant to get his plant, Juliet, inside at Brash and Sassy. That is so good. <laughs> that could totally be. I love, love that idea. Oh, that would be such a good twist. They're all going to be in the same building. Oh, if she walks up to Jack and we see a little secret whispering that's happening between them, oh, I'm just going to lose my mind. By the way, I can't wait to see Scott's interview of Jack regarding Victor. That's going to be good because you know he's going to dig in there and talk to Victor's enemies too. So it's going to be fun to see what uh, what Jack's take on Victor is right now and what, or what he will say. There's so much to say. Uh, Sandra at YRChat.com says, who was Tessa talking to on the phone at Crimson Lights? I didn't even think about that. Honestly, I just imagined it was some disembodied friend that she has, but who knows? Maybe Tessa has discovered a little vein of, of richness. <laughs> She's struck gold here in Genoa City. Maybe she has a mother or a brother or sister or some other kind of cohort uh, you know, from her life that she's going to try to bring into town to maybe soak up some of this extra liquid gold that's flowing around here. I don't know. That's a good. That was a good pull because I didn't get that. Um, Gary left me a voicemail saying, I'm intrigued 
by Tessa. I like her for the same reason that I like Reed, uh, Gary says. I don't know what she's going to do next. Now she's a con artist, and just like Chelsea, she will probably be up to hijinks for a while, but then she'll learn the error of her ways, and she and Reed will go off into the sunset together. (laughs) I like that connection to Chelsea. That's really funny and probably true, and I'm already getting the vibe. I think that Tessa is coming in She may have an alternative um, or some kind of agenda here when it comes to these rich folks, but I think she'll end up falling in love. And if maybe it will be with Reed. I don't know. But I think uh, we're going to probably see a change in her character. It always seems like the villains, I'll put that in quote on the show, either come on and they get reformed. I mean, I could give you a long list of people who've been reformed, who came on as villains and have been reformed, um, or they just really get the fast track into like dark ultimate villainy and then they end up going off on the show you know they just they they're so bad that they just become that one-dimensional villain and they're never changed and you know it's, it's always one or the other I think Tessa probably falls into that uh that earlier category uh Connor at yrchat.com is going to give us a different perspective here on Chloe Connor says It's very easy and simple to point the finger at Chloe. And yes, some part of me does think she did it. But shall we remember the black leather gloves that Adam had uh, with his wedding ring? The, The black leather gloves that had Adam's wedding ring. If you look closely, yes, Chloe had black gloves on this week. But a part of me thinks Chloe wasn't alone on this. There had to be someone who shared her disdain for Adam. But the question is, Who? Who matches the description? So, yes, remembering back to the after the cabin explode, we saw the, the the gloved hand, which was taking Adam's wedding ring, putting it in a little drawer and putting it away. Now, I always thought that was Adam. <laughs> I, I, I never I never even thought about it being Chloe. In my mind, that was Adam Newman putting aside his Adam Newmanness for a while so that he could get away and not have to take Chelsea and Connor with him on a life of crime and running away from the law but it could have been Chloe absolutely and if it was Chloe then that means she definitely she if she got the ring then that probably means that she had seen the body or it could be someone else I mean it could be Victor or it could be someone we haven't even thought yet I definitely can tell that there is more to this story than uh than than we've been presented so far and I wonder where it's going to end up ultimately Nicole at YRChat.com says, I don't know about anyone else, but it really bothered me when Chloe made Chelsea feel guilty about accusing her and acting as the victim for Chelsea not trusting her. In no way should Chloe be allowing Chelsea to apologize to her. That's just wrong. I agree with you, Tina Cole, because, and I think that really, that's where the betrayal really is. In all of this, Chloe is not only saying to her, I didn't do it, but she's saying, to Chelsea, I can't believe you would think that of me, of all people. And and that's what's really seedy and what's really biting when it comes to uh, what, what's going on. I mean, Chloe has masked all of this as concern for Chelsea when it really was hatred for Adam. That's It's extremely deceitful. Uh, she's really used and taken advantage of Chelsea's kindness here. Beatrice left me a voicemail. I didn't even think of this. Beatrice says, could Chloe be trying to marry Kevin so quickly so that he can't testify against her in court? 
Yeah, man. Once again, I didn't even think of that. I, I think the, the question I, that's burning on my mind is, is Kevin and Chloe, are they ever going to ultimately make it down the aisle? What do you guys think? We should do a poll on that this week. We'll clo- Except it'll probably all come out this week. Do you think that Kevin and Chloe will actually make it down the aisle? And if they do, will Kevin choose to stand by her and maybe help cover up her lies? But that, it is interesting because I, I hadn't thought about the fact that she might be trying to rush the wedding for that reason. Oh, Diana at YRChat.com says, Hey, while YNR is bringing back some old characters, they should bring back Chloe's father, Tiny. (laughs) Chloe needs a strong father figure in her life to keep her in line and in control of her decisions. Esther is kind of a wishy-washy mother. They brought Kevin... They brought back Kevin's mother, Gloria. Now it's Chloe's turn. I love this comment, Diana, because it, like, in what other area could you have 25 years of experience on a topic and then you realize that you know nothing? As soon as you said Chloe's father, Tiny, I'm like, I don't even think I've ever heard the name Tiny. I don't think I've ever even thought one second about who Chloe's father was. I had to look it up. Uh, he was apparently a plumber who <laughs> Esther had a one night stand with. I bet that was hilarious. I've, I've seen through flashbacks. I think Catherine helped uh, when, when Esther gave birth. I seem to remember Esther giving birth on the stairs and maybe and uh, Catherine helping deliver, but I must be remembering it from flashbacks because uh, I don't think that... Uh, gosh, what year was Chloe born? Because uh, I don't think I was watching at that time. Mm, let's see. Oh, I don't have time to look it up, but I uh, but uh, I I don't think I was watching at that time, but you, you blew my mind. What do you... What is everybody think about the idea of bringing back Tiny. (laughs) I mean, I don't know why anybody would want to have that as a name. Even if I was a short guy or something, I would insist on being called Big Al. (laughs) I would never want to be called Tiny. I think you guys should call me Big Al from now on. Let's see. I'm just trying to look this up really quick, but I don't see. I mean, Chloe was introduced onto the show in 2008 but it doesn't say anything right away about uh her, her name being her name is Kate her original name is Kate hey hang on hey, hey. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. 1990 is that right 1990 no I'm wrong I have no idea shoot sorry you got yeah 1990 I think is right so I must have been somewhere close to when I started watching that anyway you guys can tell me in the comments no 1985 Is this right? I don't know. Somewhere in there. (laughs) Sorry. 85 to 90 is when the character of of Katie uh, Valentine, a.k.a. Chloe Mitchell, was born. Uh, But I like that you brought that up because it would be interesting to see Chloe's father. Uh, Anna left me a voicemail and she says, I can't believe that Chelsea thinks it doesn't look suspicious that Chloe's phone was pinged half a mile away from the cabin and an hour before the accident. I'm sure that Chloe is going to be arrested on her wedding day, Anna says. Uh, I think that when all of this is over, we're going to find out that she did not cause the explosion and she either thinks she killed Adam or got him out of there. I know, I know, I know. I'm with you, Anna, 100%. I just, part of me thinks that somehow, like, I want this to lead to more information about Adam. I love the idea of her being arrested on her wedding day. And there is a, is there any possibility, the the part that you said that I hadn't thought of, is, is there any way that Chloe thought she got him out of uh, the explosion 
as a way to save him. I don't know why she would go to the trouble of exploding the cabin, though, and try and 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 trying and, and try to save him. I always interpreted it as maybe Adam came through and got himself out of the cabin before it exploded, and Chloe just thought that she killed Adam. I I, I just I I don't be, I can't believe that she is ultimately going to go down for this. But we're, we'll see where it ends up. It's it's possible that if the actress is leaving the show, she will get caught for all of this. She'll go off to the mental ward. Uh, I can't, I, I have heard nothing about them possibly recasting the character of Adam. Maybe YNR will end up throwing us a little bone uh, indicating that Adam's alive, but not really showing us that he's out there. I'm not sure where they're going with this at the end of the day, but I kind of think we're going to see it next week. Nineteen eighty-five. <laughs> Chloe Mitchell was born in nineteen eighty-five. This has to be right. I I I know so very little. Or uh, Chloe Mitchell and her legal name Catherine Tina Valentine, <laughs> also known as Dorothy Gale. I love the YNR wikis. <laughs> there's so like I'm saying, there's just so much to learn. I mean, I think they say what do they say? You put in something like two hundred hours to master something. I've got far more than two hundred hours invested in YNR. I've got 25 years this next year in 2018. And I, I mean, I still, you'll say things, how can you, like 25 years of watching the show and some of you still see me as a newer viewer. <laughs> You're like, eh, she's only been watching for 25 years. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Okay. Okay. I'm going to get going, but before I do, here's how you can feed back to me. You can go to the website, of course, at yrchat.com. You can leave comments all over the blog, vote in the polls, play the games, give me your ribbons and raspberries. Um, there's all kinds of stuff you can do there. Or if you choose, you can find me on Facebook, on YouTube, wherever you like to leave a comment. Uh, I will. I read every single one. I listen to every single voicemail. If you'd prefer to just leave a quick voice comment, it's 309 588-4569. I think it's like three minutes before the beep, but feel free to call back and get your comment into as many uh, voicemails as you'd like, because I love hearing from you. <laughs> and next week's going to be a good week. <laughs> it's all coming down. It's all coming out. And we'll see where we are next Sunday at this time. Okay, everybody have a good week. I love you and I'll see you next time. Bye.